Welcome to the C3 Church Global Podcast with Phil Pringle. Phil is the founder and senior leader of C3 Church Global, a family of over 500 churches around the world. We're passionate about bringing you fresh, inspiring devotionals to fuel your day and insightful conversations on all things church and leadership. And it all starts right now. Hey everybody, well, I'm excited because revival is happening in various places around the world. With the Asbury Revival beginning to spread to other college campuses and schools and some churches picking it up, one thing is for sure that God is beginning to move across the planet. And if we are ready for it, ready to make room for it, ready to have longer meetings than we've thought of having before. One of the things about revival is definitely it calls for us to set aside time to spend in prayer, in worship and in his presence. And we create a spiritual atmosphere that starts to affect our towns, our cities, in which it's so much easier to preach and to bring people to Christ. People repent, people get right with God and start to move towards him. This river of God is going to flow into every nation around the world. Somehow we will see a great move of the Holy Spirit in this this time. First time we see a river in the Bible of a supernatural kind is in the Garden of Eden. And it speaks of having communion with God. If we want to be part of a river of God in today's world, then spending time with Him is imperative. Having communion with the Holy Spirit sitting alone with Him or sitting together with other people and fellowshipping with the Father, undistracted, focusing on that relationship will cause that river to flow through our lives. The second time we see a river in the Bible is out of a rock in the wilderness. The book of Hebrews says that rock was Christ. And it followed the Israelites in the wilderness, providing them with enough water for three million people. Now, that's around about a river that's four foot deep and eight foot wide, constantly flowing. So it was no small rock out of which there was a dribble coming that people queued up for hours to get a cup full. They wouldn't survive like that in the the desert. They needed water for drinking, for cleansing, for ablutions, for all kinds of things. And that river was flowing abundantly. Out of that rock, obviously they would have created dams to hold the water every time they moved, but they would have that water available to them in a desert supernaturally by the power of God. The river of God flows from his presence into the earth supernaturally. The third time we hear about a river is the city of God. In Psalm 46, verse 4, it says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. There's a river that flows through the churches. And that river flows with all kinds of worship, praise, joy. Wherever it comes, it brings joy. It makes glad the city of God. A church with the river of God is always a joyful church. Psalm 36, verse 8 says people are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of his house and he gives them drink from the river of pleasure. It's a joyful and pleasurable, delightful place to be in the presence of God. 
The next time that we read about a river is in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 47 talks about coming back to the door from where the river flows. Let's spend a little time on this one. Ezekiel says, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. Any minister should be able to bring people back to the door, to Jesus. That is our highest responsibility as people, as ministers for Christ, as workers for Him, to bring people to Jesus, not to bring people to us or just to our church or to a particular doctrine, but to bring people to an encounter with Christ. If we do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, then we will be unable to bring anybody to Him because we don't know where to go and we don't know the way there. So for us to personally have that relationship is super important for us to be able to lead other people to a relationship with Christ. And it says when He brought me back to the door. And there are, listen to me, friends, there are so many people who used to follow the Lord, who used to be disciples, who used to be committed, but for whatever reason have drifted. We're not here to judge them or to make them feel bad, but we are here to call them back. And if part of that is being convicted about where they are at right now, so be it. Conviction, although uncomfortable, is a necessary part of coming to repentance where we take sides with God against ourselves and smile at Him getting the victory over our pride so that we bow the knee and return to Christ, confess our sins, confess our waywardness, become open with God so that the blood of Christ can cleanse our lives. If we don't get transparent and open with God, there's no way that we can get cleansed. When we bring that out into the open, it loses its power. But when sin is kept down on the inside of us, it remains in power. And that darkness has a grip. But when we confess and choose to come back to the door, then we will find our way into power. We'll find our way into life. We'll find our way into joy again. Because at that door, there was water flowing out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. So when we can meet Jesus, we also meet the Holy Spirit. Coming to the door means we come to a river. And the whole temple faces east. Its whole perspective is towards the rising of the sun. And that's how we personally should position our lives and position our churches towards the resurrection, towards the rising of the sun, towards the dawning of a new day. We are not here to move into darkness to see the setting sun. We're here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every minister should be able to firstly bring us back to Christ, to the door. But then we're told in verse 2 that he also brought me out. And then in verse 3 and 4, it says he brought me through. And then in verse 6, it says he returned me to the bank of the river. So these are the jobs of a Christian worker, somebody serving the Lord to bring people back to Christ, to bring them out of themselves and out of the darkness and out into their call and ministry.
then to bring them through, to walk with them through their trials, through their, their darkness, through their rivers, and then to bring me to a place of stability where I'm on the bank and I'm settled, planted in the house of God. This river is essential for the life of the church. It's essential for the life of the believer. Without a river of revival, we die. When the riverbeds are dry, trees dry up. There's no fruit, nothing. Go to any nation on earth, you'll find clusters of houses, towns built around rivers because that's where life is. Trees will grow. People have source of water for all their needs. Out in the desert, people are scattered far and broad, not close to each other, no great clusters of people anywhere because the water's not there. And if there is to be a city in a wilderness, you have to make sure there's going to be water. Water is essential for life. And where there is life, there is growth. Where there is growth, there is fruit. Everything lives where water is. Everything dies where it's not. Now, water has the most interesting nature in that it flows. It, when I'm not talking about ice, snow, sleet. I'm talking about water. And it flows through valleys. It finds places where it's going to move. And it will flow wherever it can. Unless it's dammed up, it's going to keep flowing. And the nature of a person who's filled with the Holy Spirit is to flow, which means I move in agreement with God, with the Holy Spirit. I find the points of agreement with other people, not the points of disagreement. I'm not difficult to get along with. That's the nature of a person who's filled with the Holy Spirit. They, are, they find the place of unity and agreement. And when we're yielded to God and to the Holy Spirit, we will find ourselves moving in unity, moving in harmony and symphony with other people. Yeah, verse 2 of Ezekiel 47 says, He brought me out by way of the north gate, led me around on the outside to the outer gate, and there was water running out the right side. So then he goes through a series of things. Once he's seen that the water flows out from the temple, this relates to the next time we see this river in John 7, 37, where Jesus says, out of the belly of a believer, a river of life is going to flow. So you and I, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And out of us should come life. Paul said we are ministers of the Spirit, not of the letter, because the Spirit gives life. The letter gives death. So when we minister in the power of the Holy Spirit, life is injected into people's lives. They can feel themselves energized. They come alive. They are revived. And that's the purpose of revival is to bring back to life, to bring people back into relationship with Christ. And then out of that, so many ministries, so many missions come to bring salvation to the world. As this river continued to flow away from the temple, it got deeper. After a few, a little distance, the angel that was leading Ezekiel 
took him to a place and he asked him to walk through it. It was up to his ankles. He went another thousand cubits. It was up to his knees. He went another thousand and it was up to his waist. And then eventually it was water too deep for him to have his feet on. And he was actually finding himself swimming. (laughs) This is a great day when the Holy Spirit is carrying us and we've been abandoned to God and we find ourselves doing things led by the Holy Spirit, moving in a power from another world, from heaven itself. And we're able to actually move with God because we're so filled and baptized in that power. And so once Ezekiel saw this, he saw back along the bank of the river, there were many trees on one side and the other. Verse 7 tells us this. So the fact is, this river isn't just for supernatural experiences. It isn't just so that people can encounter God. It's so that they can become like trees planted in the house of God, bearing fruit. So they are planted not just on the bank, but they're planted right next to the river. And when we're planted in God, in the house of God, and next to the river, we will bear fruit all through the years of our lives. This water, Ezekiel was told by the angel in verse 8, flows to the eastern region, and when it reaches the sea, the waters are healed. This water not only establishes trees, trees that bear fruit, it also heals the waters of the world. And you'll find that the water in the world today has so many poisons and attitudes and feelings in it that it sours. It sours ours, sours our heart, sours people's spirit. Anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, revenge, all these things fill the waters of the cultures that we live in. But when the Holy Spirit starts to flow into our cities, into our churches, it sweetens those waters and heals them. It says in verse 9, every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. So that is saying that those things that are biologically alive start to become spiritually alive. People, even though we might be physically alive, are yet to be born again. When the Holy Spirit is there, they will come alive. And then he says there's a great multitude of fish. So evangelists will be released into the planet And we will see harvests like we have never seen before. We've had many great preachers over the years who've gone into nations of huge populations and seen incredible harvests. This is only going to multiply when entire nations are going to bow their knees to Christ before the second coming. You read about it in verse 10 where it says there'll be fishermen standing by it all down the river. And they'll have many, many fish come into their nets and to their fishing exercises. Interesting, it says, but its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They'll be given over to salt. There'll be tributaries from the river that go off to the side and go round and round and round rather than flowing in one direction like a river does. 
the swamps on the side, our waters that just go round and round on one particular idea or teaching or doctrine, they get stuck in yesterday. And they go round and round. And you, we know that in these places, mosquitoes breed, all kinds of problems come out of water when it stops flowing. But when water is flowing, it has a cleansing influence everywhere it goes and it keeps healing all of those things that it comes into touch with. This is the supernatural river of God. The next moment we hear about a river in the scripture is, as I mentioned before, in John 7, 37, when Jesus says on the last day, the great day of the feast, he said, anyone who thirsts, come to me and drink. Not everybody's thirsty for God. So this message isn't really for them. But the message that Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, whoever you are, you can come and you can drink of this water and it will become in you like a river, a river that flows out of you to bring healing, life and victory to everybody that it touches. The last river we find in Scripture of this nature is in Revelation 22 verse 1, the last book of the Bible. And John is being shown by an angel around heaven. And he shows him a pure river of water of life. This is in virtually the last chapter of the Bible. He shows him a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. This is very similar to the river that flows from Ezekiel's, in Ezekiel's river. This river is a pure river of the water of life. The Holy Spirit brings purity. He brings holiness. He brings cleansing. All of us, all of us need cleansing. We wash ourselves when we wake up in the morning. We wash our hands after we've been to the toilet. We wash our dishes after we've eaten off them. We wash our hair each day. We wash ourselves in showers. We wash our feet. We wash a lot of our life is washing. We probably wash ourselves more than we eat food. We, we wash a lot and we get the rubbish out. And if we don't get the rubbish out and if we don't wash, cleanse our teeth, wash our hair, germs, diseases breed. So being clean is important. And this pure river, when we put ourselves before God, allow that river to wash us on a daily basis. The cleansing of the Holy Spirit is a very real thing. It's a water of life. It brings us energy and it's clear as crystal. It's transparent. Part of the process of living with God is being clear, being a person who comes easily to confess, a person who brings those pieces of rubbish, those unclean areas of our lives into the light. Because if we don't, they contain power when they're in the dark. But once they're in the light, they lose their power and the blood of Christ washes us clean. This river in the book of Revelation proceeds from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It doesn't proceed from the side of the throne. If we are under that throne, if we are before the throne of God, not to the side of it doing our thing, but we have Jesus as the Lord of our life. 
and he is on the throne in front of us, then we are directly in the path of that river. Empowerment comes from being submitted to God in heaven. And when we are there to serve him, not him to serve us, we have established Jesus as Lord, which is what true disciples do. If we're to the side and we just want God to do stuff for us, we haven't grown to where he wants us to be. Where It's not him taking up a cross and laying down his life for us. It's us taking up a cross, our cross, denying ourselves and laying down our lives for him. And when we're in that place, that river will flow over our lives, in our lives. And as this same thing that happened in Ezekiel, in verse 2, we're told, in the middle of this river and on either side of the river was the tree of life. And it bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And so you and I, drinking of this river, being baptized in this river, will find ourselves on either side of the river planted, bearing fruit that feeds the nations and having leaves that bring healing. Healing, so much healing needs to come to pass in people's lives today. Not just physical healing, but emotional and mental healing. People who've been wounded by all kinds of words and activities and justices throughout the world. This great river of God is starting to move throughout through our planet, through our whole systems. It'll touch government. It'll touch society. It'll touch education. It'll touch entertainment. It'll touch every arena of our world. We are living in days of revival. Let's give ourselves to prayer. Let's make room for God in our times that we set. And we're going to be touched by heaven to change this earth. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray that every one of us will be touched by revival, touched by the flames and the passion and the fire of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Help us flow and move with this great river of God as it moves through our churches, moves through our cities, moves through our schools and campuses in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the C3 Church Global Podcast. Let us know what you thought by leaving a review and connect with us on Instagram at C3 Church Global. We hope we'll be back real soon.